On today's show, we're getting into the survey that made LeBron James motivated again. He needed <laughs> something. He needed something. He needed something to get him to that next season. We'll talk about that uh-huh. and more. And a power ranking. Uh, a, a holistic? Holistic? Power rankings. <laughs> okay. Get him that one up. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And the Wash King took that personally. And welcome. You're locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And joining me, as always, on Friday, the host of Locked On Nuggets from DNVR. What you got for me, Adam Morris? Oh, I got the offseason. The deep offseason is a part of it. Descend it on us. We're in it, baby. There is uh, nothing else on the horizon, really. There, there's a couple of moves maybe still to be made, maybe Drogic, maybe marketing, but other than that. Schedule, I think jersey leaks mm. are starting to pop out, so like little tiny morsels, but we'll see. But training camp is in like a month away, so, <laughs> like, so true. Gonna, there's going to not be that much time, but we're right now we're in the thick of the offseason. So we are going to go over ESPN came out with a survey of uh, at almost – 10 <laughs> almost <laughs> what a almost, survey uh, a survey of, of nba personnel asked a bunch of questions the best move of the offseason who's the best player heading into 2021-22 season what's the worst move of the offseason we're going to go over that and as we alluded to it made lebron james respond because the first question this is again espn tim bontemps had this survey of uh personnel across the nba scouts executives all that kind of stuff the first question was, who is the best player headed into the 2021-22 season? And it was split right down the middle. Same amount of votes on both sides. Giannis and Durant, best player headed into. And I think the big, I mean, we can talk about the, you know, if, it, if they are right about that, if Giannis and KD are the two best players. But LeBron, no votes. And it starts yeah. going around. It starts circulating. I actually saw this first before I even saw this survey on Twitter. I saw people yeah, saying the you know the comments about LeBron and LeBron getting no votes. And, of course, you see all the Lakers fans upset about that. And then the Cleveland fans still upset about that. LeBron tweets, all caps, thank you. <laughs> As if I didn't need more. <laughs> Hashtag washed. We're doing the washed king oh, thing God. again? How, how many years We're- in a row can he do this? I thought that was last season. What are we – we're doing it again? Like, come on. Like, okay, here's the thing, Nick. Here's the thing. There's a lot to unpack here. Number one, this is a truth that spreads across sports. It spreads across life, entertainment, everything. No matter how cool you are, at some point you are going to no longer be cool. And for <laughs> LeBron, this has been a process that has happened for like the last two or three years. Insanely cool, insanely talented. But this is like, come on, bro. Like, who are you fooling? This is a corny. He's just, he's corny now. He's corny. Like, of course, he, they lost in the first round. What does he want to be here? Like, this, he can still win a championship. He can still dominate a playoff series. But these corny tweets and the corny hashtag and keeping this alive, like, bro, just go home, man. Go home. You're too old. This to, and the fact that he used multiple emojis, the as if I didn't need more, and then it was a gas fuel pump, like a, like more fuel to me, oh, hashtag wash yeah, with the sure. king emoji, oh. like the crown emoji. This made me oh. think back to what you just said, made me think back to, remember the first time in Cleveland 
when he was doing the bowling pictures and he would get everybody together in his team and he would take a picture and then do the bowling thing. And like, uh. if he tried to do that now, it would just come off so much, <laughs> like so different than it did when he was what, 24, 23 or something like that. And it's so different. Does it, is it when you become a dad or has he just been around like the zeitgeist so long that it's just been like that he, we're just tired of the LeBron stuff. I mean, look, he's probably unhappy with where he belongs. And again, I want people who are going to like, the Lakers fans are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, you were counting him out. No, I'm not. They might win the championship this year, and he might win a finals MVP going up against a Durant or a Giannis. Like, he's a really good player. But this idea that he is somehow being disrespected because Giannis, who won the finals MVP and won two of the last three MVPs, is ranked number one. Like, come on, man. And, and also just the idea of like, if you're motivated, do it be motivated in silence. This is August. What, what are we at? August 19th. You're tweeting out your motivation. Like get out of here, man. This is so annoying. But um, here's the other aspect. I told you there's a lot to unpack. Here's the second aspect of this for me. If LeBron James can feel dissed and insecure and all of these different things, what hope do the rest of us have? Like if LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, one of the richest people on earth, one of the top dogs in all of sports history can feel like slighted and insecure. What do we, what hope do I have, Nick? <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's no then confidence for me, right? It, go, it's, it takes the the whole thing of well, if you praise somebody for something, then all of a sudden they're gonna feel like they didn't they weren't enough if they don't do that thing that you praise them for every time. Right. It's like a parenting rule or something like that. And so then all of a sudden, like if LeBron feels slighted, then I'm like, oh dang, well I'm not even I'm not even close to, to living up to that. How am I supposed to ever? Yeah, you, you can take yeah. it that way too. But let's look at the. Can we look at the merits of this, or do you you have anything yes, else about please, LeBron's That's response? what I was gonna say. Yes, absolutely. So and we like you mentioned Lakers fans coming out of the woodwork. We haven't even talked about the merits of this as a you know a voting process, right. or is he right, right to think this? Is he right to feel slighted? Giannis and Durant going into the next season. Durant has proven, I think, that he is is probably to me the best player going into the next season. Uh, just the way that he scored, what he did for Team USA, the way that he was playing with that Nets team, what he did with that mm. Nets team, even when some of those guys were uh, were out and Kyrie and, and Harden and all that, I think he has proven that possibly he is he is the best guy. Just especially just what he does for an offense and how important offense is in the NBA now. Giannis is probably number two for me, and so I think LeBron comes in a third, and then I don't know, you Luca and Jokic. Like uh, fighting it out. Harden, Steph. There's like a definite, a definite drop off where all those other guys are clearly behind those three. But um, yeah, I mean, look, there. It's not even recency bias. This is about recency. This is about where we stand right now. And Giannis looks like a guy who has really figured out his weaknesses and how to cover for them and how to overcome them. Kevin Durant looks like a guy who. Kevin Durant's an interesting one because his peaks are higher than anybody's, I think, by quite a wide margin. I mean, when he's scoring and he's on, there's nothing you can do. Like, he's the most unguardable player, but he's maybe not as consistent as a you know a prime LeBron or, or Giannis at the moment. And that he dominant, you know, they they their worst games are a minus games. KD sometimes his worst game is a B minus game. But to me, it's just no question that whatever order you have, KD and Giannis, they clearly, if you're projecting forward. They clearly are one-two at this moment, and LeBron can tweet out "Watch King" as much as he wants, but this is just what happens. He has to find a way to now be an underdog and overcome them, but he can't consider himself a favorite when he was out in the first round last year. 
And we're splitting so many hairs with these three guys, right? Like, I mean, you can pick one specific thing. If you value passing more than the others, you're going to put LeBron up higher. If you value defense more, you're going to put Giannis up and then probably maybe LeBron and then Durant, right? If you're going to value just scoring and the the ability to shoot, it's Durant first, then LeBron and probably Giannis. Like, it it just depends on what you want as as a fan of basketball, as a person that thinks that this kind of basketball leads to success. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that it's very interesting. And LeBron's gonna be 37 yeah. in, in December when the season begins. So it's uh it's not that much of a slight to me to say you might be the third best player in the NBA still. LeBron just knows he's supposed to be slighted and he's supposed to feel, you know, like he's supposed to feel this way. We all know Jordan. Like I took that personally, you know, we got Kobe things like this or that. Like he just knows he's supposed to be that guy. And rather than just be that guy in silence and then come out on opening night and just dominate Kevin Durant in a head-to-head against the Brooklyn Nets, instead of doing that, he's going to make sure that he is packaged properly as, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but similar to Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, I am slighted at the moment, and I feel I feel undervalued. Uh, who was the, the, the player that Michael Jordan invented? Uh yeah oh Jesus uh, <laughs> did that oh, did that whole section of the Last Dance documentary did that do LeBron more injustice because he thinks now he has to come up with some of this stuff to get him motivated oh that's what Mike did oh that's what Kobe did that's now what I'm supposed to do, to do. yeah exactly hey, who are ridiculous who, what fake podcaster are you making up so that you can <laughs> <get to> that? <laughs> so true. Coming up, let's get into some more about this survey. There's some interesting things. Again, I mentioned the best offseason move, the worst offseason move, the most surprising move of the offseason may surprise you. No, we'll, we'll talk about all those and what we think about all these questions coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the best place to put down some money on sports. Football is on its way. You huge uh, Broncos guy. How are you feeling about your Broncos this year? Uh, indifferent. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> Always great feeling, feeling different about your Bronco. Uh, the the leader in the clubhouse minus two twenty five for the Broncos is uh, five to nine wins, and then it's plus one sixty five for ten to fourteen wins. How are you feeling about that? Right. You taking you taking the favorite the five to nine I'm, wins? Or are you thinking they're going to be a little? Yeah. Better? Oh no, I, there's no way five five to nine sounds right. <laughs> Zero to four wins is plus seven fifty. You could actually win some money on that one. Man, five to nine. I'm going five to nine. It's two. Sticking that's, right. That's a guarantee. That's a lock. Or you could you could take another one. Here's another prop on there. Over under eight and a half wins is minus one fifteen. Under. I'm going under, baby, and I feel great take, about it. Taking the under for the Broncos. There's so many other odds on there. There's future NBA stuff. There's obviously tons of NFL stuff if you want to go bet on there. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Right now, I think you actually get a 100% welcome bonus. So they're going to match the money that you deposit right now at betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN, and you will get a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into some more of these uh, questions. This is, again, a survey from Tim Bontemps on ESPN of some executives, scouts, GMs, all that across the league. The next one, the best move of the offseason. Number one with the, the most votes by far, Kyle Lowry to Miami Heat. Not surprising. Okay, it's a, big, it's a good move. It's a huge move. That one's not, yeah, it's not too surprising at all. That one probably, to me, is the best move of the offseason. That, that was the one guy that moved teams that actually is going to change things. Nobody else I thought that moved teams is really going to move the needle at all for anybody. The 10-person the survey group got that one right. <laughs> Half of them did, at least. 
Yeah, half of them. Um, and they only picked one answer. It's not like they tiered them or, or picked like their top five. Or give give like the second one. It's the it's hilarious to me to show you how ridiculous the survey might be. <laughs> Number two, Jalen Suggs to the Orlando Magic. Wow, that was well, the second best move. My question is, how was this question presented? Was it right. just what was the best move of the offseason, or what was a sneaky good move to you? That would be a sneaky good move would be Jalen Suggs falling to the Magic, not the right, Magic right. picking. J- right? There's so many ways that we could well, go. First down of all, this- of course, he was a lock to go at that spot once it was available to him. So yeah, uh, I'm curious of how many ma- Magic uh, scouts were interviewed for this one. Because if I was a Magic <laughs> scout, I would say, you know what, the best <laughs> move was mine. My move was great. Yeah, it's Jamal Mosley in there. Like, yeah, no, it was a, it was a great move. Like, we really, it was really good for us. But what what does that move do? Like, it's a it's a, a best move. But what does that actually do for Orlando? Is that the building block for them going forward? They've been looking for that point guard. Yeah. They they drafted Cole Anthony. They they right. signed and then or they traded for and then they re-signed Markel Fultz. They've been looking right. for this guy to build around. They br- they brought in R.J. Hampton. I guess is R.J. Hampton guy. as well. Yep. Is Jalen Suggs that guy now? Don't even forget about Gary Harris, who's also part of that trade. So now they have quite a bit of depth, uh, mostly young players. I know Gary Harris, I think, is 26, so he's more of like a entering his prime type guy. But um, I, I think Suggs projects to be the best of, of the bunch, and he really looked good in Summer League, showed off even some athleticism I didn't realize he had. Um, so he is a great player, but you're right that we know this from watching teams rebuild. They have four prospect guards. Not all of them are going to make the team and make this big leap. So um, I was excited about RJ Hampton there. A while back, I was excited about Markel Fultz. Now you look at this and go, okay, they're playing for, they're aiming to be the second guy next to Jalen Suggs, who's their cornerstone. Yeah, they're and they're and all these guys are they're kind of playing the odds, right? I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. Gary Harris; he's probably going to get a, a bunch of minutes. Markel Fultz—they just re-signed him; he's probably going to get some minutes. So, where does Jalen Suggs even fit in with this? Does he just push his way to the to the front of the line and start starting for them? Yes, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all break like all breaks out because they did just re-sign Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac's coming back from injury, and he's kind of their, I guess, their star right now after after Vooch is gone. So, uh, oh. yeah. It's all an interesting thing. The third one, actually, the, the the last three here for the best move. The only other ones, only other moves getting votes in this. Patty Mills to the Brooklyn Nets. The Bulls' entire offseason, which, sure, they made a bunch <laughs> of moves and got a bunch of guys. And the Washington Wizards trading Russell Westbrook. This is the one yeah. I want to get into because the best move of the offseason was not the Lakers acquiring Westbrook. Right, it was right. the Wizards sending out Russell Westbrook. Right. I I get it, man. I mean, we saw this with John Wall. We saw this with Andrew Wiggins. Like Russell Westbrook was the guy who had the contract so enormous that every plan you could make for Washington had him in the plans for this year and next year. So to get rid of him and and be be able to be more flexible and maybe turn the corner a little bit quicker was big. And the fact that they were just able to find the perfect trade partner in the uh, Lakers, I, I just. I get it. It's weird to say that. It's a very uninspiring best move. Maybe the fact that some of Patty Mills and, and getting rid of Westbrook is the <laughs> biggest moves kind of tells you what you need to know about this offseason. It was kind of a stay put offseason for most teams. Yeah, and I think we talked about this last week, or we recently did. All these guys signing all these multi-year deals. All of a sudden, like, yeah. there's just not many guys on the move anymore unless they demand a trade or unless they you know, work around a trade like Westbrook did. 
Uh, yeah. But yeah, it is interesting to see that them them sending away not even what they got back, like not even the the right. Wizards trading and acquiring all these guys, getting Dinwiddie or whatever. It's it was them sending it out. The worst move of the offseason. This one is also an interesting one. Split at the top with the same amount of votes for each. Demar Derozan to the Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> entire offseason. <laughs> well, can I, I tell you get, what I love about this? I don't get the, the Derozan hate. Well, so here's what's funny. Best move of the offseason. Everything the Bulls did gets a vote. Worst move of the offseason, DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls. The main, the main thing the Bulls The did. main component, you could, you could argue. Um, I don't either. I think it's a little bit – look, I, don't, I didn't like that move. I, I thought it was a little bit weird, but um, it, it's by no means would I have had it the number one worst move of the offseason. So um, it's a little weird. Especially the timing, like where it, where, it, where it came and the timing. Like they did give up a pick and they did sign him to a big deal. And it was – it's sort of like in a vacuum if you looked at that move and said maybe it's the worst one because who else was going to sign him to that money? Did you really have to give him that much? Did you really have to send a first-round pick to get him? Couldn't you have just made another move, like tried some some other way to get him besides giving up assets and signing him to that massive deal? Like Couldn't you have just done one or the other in a vacuum if you look at that move? But in the aggregate... You get DeMar DeRozan with Zach Levine, with Vooch. Like, this offense is going to be awesome. And, yeah, DeRozan doesn't shoot threes, but you have Zach Levine and Vooch, and you have probably Patrick Williams and then probably Lonzo Ball as your starters. All those guys can shoot threes, and they're all going to space the floor. And DeRozan's not going to – he's not going to look that bad on offense because of uh, all that spacing they're going to bring. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand he's the hate. He's, he's also a good player who gets buckets and is liked. Like, he's not going to be – I don't think he'll be a problem in Chicago. So, yeah, a little like weird. He wanted to go there. Yeah, exactly. So, a little a little bit weird. Um, it is funny. Also, if you get to number three on this list, Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. So, he ends up the best <laughs> or the best move getting rid of him and the worst move acquiring him. Yeah, so there's definitely whoever voted for that in the first one definitely definitely picked this one, the second one. Uh, yeah, so that was another one of the worst moves. That was number three, Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the last two that were also receiving votes, the Brooklyn Nets not re-signing Jeff Green, which is kind of a sneaky one. It's a really minor move to put on the worst move of the offseason. Like you get one vote to vote for the worst move of the offseason, and it's Jeff Green not going to the Nets. Like I know Jeff Green's going to your your Denver Nuggets. You, you that high on Jeff Green that he can be. Uh, that I am now. He's. Uh, I wish it was phrased <laughs> as Denver having the best offseason because they signed Jeff Green. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit of an interesting one for me. Uh, then the last one here that also received a vote for worst move of the offseason, Doug McDermott to the San Antonio Spurs. Now, it didn't seem like that bad of a move. Also, I didn't think that was the worst move the Spurs did. I thought the Zach Collins signing was worse than I thought the Doug McDermott <laughs> one was because Zach Collins doesn't, hasn't played very much, and they signed him to guarantee deal and all that. But I think it was the worst for Doug McDermott because this Spurs team is – they're rebuilding in a major way. And McDermott's in the stage of his career where you, th- you hope that he's, like, in the playoffs and, you know, doing stuff. Maybe he like, just wants buckets, man. I mean, some guys <laughs> just want to go where the buckets are and – uh, I don't know. I don't. Again, that's another one. This is a weird survey because I, I don't feel like it's that uh, informative because I don't. But it, the one thing it is informative on is just how mild this offseason has been around the NBA relative to what we're used to. Yeah. Uh, let's quickly go through the most surprising move of the offseason. Dennis Schroeder to the Boston Celtics. I thought that yep. was a, a definitely dead yep. giveaway for that one. Uh, by the way, yeah. this this one got way more votes. Like this, I think this section of the survey got more votes than the rest of them. People were picking more. Than <laughs> Kemba Walker's buyout and signing to the Knicks that was also su- surprising to me. I agree with that one. The Blazers offseason, the Mavericks offseason, 
Patty Mills to the Brooklyn Nets, Westbrook to the Lakers, Chris Paul re-signing with the Suns. That one, it was not surprising to me at all, and I'm almost surprised that someone was surprised by that. Yeah, there's, again, weird answers in this one. Portland, it's funny they said most surprising because, look, it's most surprising in that Damian Lillard seems to be putting pressure on the organization and they've done nothing too exciting, but at the same time, that's not surprising to me. I never expected them to pull off a heist, Um, so that, that wasn't surprising to me. Westbrook was surprising. I, I don't know if people around the NBA were expecting it, but I didn't. I wasn't ready to mock up Russell Westbrook in Lakers jerseys, you know, prior to this. So that <laughs> well, because they were already made, right? The, the they were already made. Already made. Sure. <laughs> um, Dennis Schroeder, though, he does win this. Like, come on, man, that's a shocker. Even even if you uh, want to hate on Schroeder or this or that, like, I uh, th- that big of a fall from grace is tough, man. The Mavericks getting a vote here was interesting to me, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more on Locked On Mavs, but. Uh, it's not surprising to me the Mavericks saved up a bunch of money for in free agency and weren't able to land a big fish or anybody. <laughs> that's just, right. I mean, that's par for the course now for the Mavericks. Maybe it's surprising that they made the move for Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd and they're supposed to be able to to land big talent. That's the whole reason they brought them in and you have Luka Doncic and you're on the precipice of something great and you couldn't get somebody. But the only real guy that changed teams was Kyle Lowry and he happened to go play with the guy who is the godfather to one of his kids and Jimmy Butler. So I think that it was fair that they didn't get him basically. Uh, yeah. So there you go. That's the most surprising move of the offseason. Interesting stuff in there. Not sure what we learned from that, but uh, yeah. Nothing. LeBron, LeBron's not the wash king still. He's uh, you're doing okay. You're doing okay, LeBron. All right, coming up, let's get into our power rankings. We are doing the top five <laughs> holidays the NBA should take over next. In, a, in observance of, I don't know, what's the recent holiday? <laughs> well, we got the Christmas Day games came out, and it's mm, the big deal. Right, like, who got right. the Christmas Day games? Could we make another marquee series of holiday games? I don't know. They took over Christmas. Then they took over MLK Day. What's the next couple holidays that the NBA can try and take over? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is the best place to get your parts for your truck, your car, whatever you drive, basically. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to get exactly what you need at a local chain store. You can go there. You can go to the counter. You can say, hey, I need this part. And they're like, okay, well, let me go check to see if we have this part. They don't have that specific part. Or they have it in the way back. You got to wait. You have to figure out. And then they bring it out to you. And you're like, oh, no, this isn't the right one. Or they give you the wrong one. At rockauto.com, you can get the exact part. Because their catalog is unique and Really, really easy to navigate. You can go straight for, this is what my car is, the make, the model, the year, all that. You narrow it all down to what is going to be, is what, what parts are going to fit for your car. Then you can just buy it right there and know that it's exactly going to fit the specifications of your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. If you find something you like, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Also, want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. Ooh, new flavor. I ch- every day I do these ads and I just pull up the website because they have a new flavor on there. Pistachio Built Bar. Interesting. Mm, mm. Interesting. Getting my, getting my attention there, Built Bar. Big fan of if pistachios. The new, uh, the pistachio, and by the way, it contains nuts. They, they, made, they made a point to, <laughs> to note that on there. Uh, 160 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. This bar is covered in 100% chocolate. Looks great. Looks like there's some pistachio-like pieces in there, so maybe it's got some crunch to it. I'm all about a bar like this with a little crunch. So 
Go get yourself some Built Bars. Use the promo code LOCK15. The network swears by them. We all eat them. Uh, everybody is always looking for the best deal. Built Bar always has good deals. Put your email in there. They'll send you flash deals all the time. Go check it out. Built.com. Again, the promo code is LOCKED15, the number 15. Check it out. Built.com. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into our power rankings. Give me the top five holidays that the NBA needs to take over next. So Christmas was the only one I excluded was Christmas because Christmas is like that's the marquee day. Ten teams get to play, it. and it really it really is like the ten teams that the NBA cares about, right? Like, hey, these are our teams this year, and if you don't get a Christmas Day game, it's almost you know like, hey, you're not in the club quite yet. Um, so with that, that being said – the NBA this year is going to be going up on Christmas against the NFL. Mm. They're going against the NFL. It's very, very, very tricky. But could the, the the NBA have a great New Year's Day, 15 games, all 30 teams play and go up against college basketball? I'm not sure they can, and it's pretty quick after Christmas. But guess what? Nobody does anything on New Year's Day. They sit and watch television, yep. and you might as well watch some basketball. So I, That's my number five one is New Year's Day. New Year's is interesting because college basketball has just lost so much steam over the last, you know, couple of years. I mean, it's all, it's really March yeah. Madness or nothing. Like, no one's really getting excited for regular season college basketball besides, like, if something happens at a, a random game, if Zion's shoe – you know, breaks or if Obama shows up to a game, right? Like it's just like the only things, the only notable things from college basketball, at least for me. Yeah. So number four, this one you mentioned because they already do it, but I think they can make it even bigger. MLK Day. Another Ooh. one, lean in even harder. I want the MLK Day to be, there's almost like two semesters of the NBA. First mm-hmm. semester, Christmas, that's your marquee game. Second semester, MLK Day, and make it the exact same thing where you really have uh, you know, your top 10, 12, whatever it is, teams that get highlighted there. I think usually that's the day the NBA has every team play, but I wouldn't mind that one also being a prestige day. So what do you think? You, you, they just pump more games into that day? You make them like an all-day? I guess it's, they've kind of done an all-day thing. I mean, I don't know how much more they could do. I just yeah, I get it. Kind of is like that, this one's kind of cheating. I mean, I wasn't gonna put, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna put a, a Valentine's Day on oh, here, so I was a little limited. I but, got it. They got They got to do something where they. I, I've seen this before. The Field of Dreams game just happened for the MLB. Oh, for, I love it for MLB. And then you have the uh, what is it? The outdoor the 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 hockey one, Park? the Winter Classic. Oh, you yeah, have the yeah, Winter Classic yeah. for for NHL. You, we right. need some kind of outdoor game. Maybe it's just an exhibition. Maybe you talk some some NBA team into doing something like this, so it doesn't count. But uh, you got so it. Maybe maybe it's MLK Day. You can you can pull that off somewhere. All righty. Okay. Yeah. Freezing cold. All right. I got it. No. Um, go to no. go to LA. Go somewhere. It doesn't have to be Num- number three. The top three are the ones that are legit. The, the, these are the ones that I think work. I don't know if this was a power ranking that could fit five, but number three, <laughs> Orthodox Christmas. Orthodox Christmas. Here's the problem. You don't, you're giving a face you don't even know. I'm gonna I don't even know what that is. I'm going to educate you about yeah. your own Luka Doncic that in Serbia and Serbian uh, people with Serbian heritage, which Luka Doncic is, he's, uh, you know, e- even though he's Slovenian, his father, I believe, Serbian, and they are Orthodox, they celebrate Chris, uh, Christmas on a different calendar. It's usually sometime around January 7th. So guess what? Jokic plays on Christmas the last couple years, not this year. It's not that great of a game. It's not a big, meaningful day to him. But with the influx of Balkan players, Serbian Christmas or Orthodox Christmas, all of a sudden now you've got all of your all of your uh, 
Balkan players. They're wow. they're the ones that are highlighted. We bring Europe in. We say, okay, we have our Christmas games. We also have our Orthodox Christmas games. Which is this year? It's January seventh. Yep, January seventh. Perfect. And I'm in. I'm in. So who would it be? It would be. I guess you got Luca. Mavs got, Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets. Bulls. It's just Mavs Nuggets. Bulls, <laughs> bitch. Bulls uh, Hawks. We get bogged down. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, those are jazz. I'm in. So I'm in on just that one. Orthodox Christmas. You got regular Christmas and Orthodox. I'm in. Um, number two, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. And this, this is, is one the where one. the Detroit Pistons play on Thanksgiving every single year. We can have the Pelicans. They Lions. play on Mardi Gras every single year as the headline game of the Mardi Gras Super Super Day. Yeah, like you, you you meant the Detroit Lions, how they play on, on Thanksgiving every did year. Did I say Pistons? Oh, man. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, but man. yeah, Mardi Gras, I'm totally in on this. Make it a big deal for the Pelicans. That that franchise needs a little bit of a boost in some way. Maybe, uh, you know, do something special. Do a parade at halftime right through the court. Or, you know, do something where you're throwing out beads yeah. to, to people. Like, do something to, to own that holiday. I think there are other holidays outside that are just for d- different regions that we can make bigger. It doesn't have to be just a big national holiday. Maybe regionally we come Ooh, up with I do like that. Holiday. I do like that. Yeah, like, it, like it, NBA can lean into that a little bit more. I'm in. I'm um, in on the Mardi Gras day for, for NBA. <laughs> My last one, and this one's personal. It's never going to happen. I loved when the NBA started at the end of October, and I would not mind if they started on Halloween. If it was every yeah. year, Halloween, that's when we begin the season – it's not going to happen because they like to stretch the schedule out, and I get it. I think for health and safety, that's a that's a good idea. But I wouldn't mind if Halloween was taken over as the day the NBA begins. So maybe we could just have an unofficial – maybe it's division. The first division game of the year happens on October 31st where all the teams play their first divisional game. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, we're bringing up – we're caring about divisions again? That's right, baby. <laughs> Northwest Division champs, 2020-19, Denver Nuggets. I like, Hall- I like Halloween being the start of it. I like that that's – boom. all Because then – there's this weird thing where if you're looking at stats, like split stats, oh, yeah. maybe maybe this is just how nerdy I get. But then you're like, okay, there's five games in October. Well, that it's month so doesn't true. really count. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, November, December, you can look at those splits. But the October one does all of a sudden just doesn't matter because it's only like a third or half of the games. Oh, Jamal Murray only shot 12% in October. It's like, well, yeah, he took six shots. So come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Those are the top five holidays. New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, either one of those. MLK Day, even more, take it over even more. Orthodox Christmas for all the Balkans <laughs> out there. Mardi Gras and then Halloween. That's your top Perfect. five holidays the NBA needs to take over. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Go listen to Locked On Nuggets. Listen to Locked On Mavs. We've got some good stuff popping all the time. And get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, including us. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Boom.